0: Hello and welcome back to episode three of Inside Football. Again, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Robert Stoutenberg, uh, along with uh, Lucas Morada and Felipe Alvarez. Uh, say what's up, guys. So, what's up?
1: How's it going, everyone? Good, 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 good. Good, good, man. So,
0: uh, we've been getting a lot of feedback from, uh, from you guys, everybody that's listening. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a, a pleasure. It's been great hearing everything that you guys have to say. Uh, we 're yeah. going to keep trying to put these out every week um, and and we're really excited to do this for you guys uh, we 're glad that it's helping um what what have you guys heard uh, from from people that you 've been talking to
2: no yeah uh, everybody everybody's interested on on these topics right now, especially with um a lot of the kids that are in uh hiatus right now with all these sports going down and they can't grad seniors can't graduate you know, so what
1: they're, they don't know what to do. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Lucas, have you heard anything from uh yeah, no, in
1: general, I think people, they they want to hear good quality information, you know, so we're trying to give them, you know, genuine, authentic, we have no hidden agenda. We have no, you know, specific, you know, sponsors that we're trying to please or any things that we're trying to do. So I think, you know, people are attracted to honest, authentic thoughts and information. So it's, good. We're definitely. I'm definitely trying to help. Definitely
0: trying yep. to help. Yep, that's where it all comes from. Just trying to help. Definitely like, trying to look, help. Look, guys, we're three players that turn into three coaches that just want to see the future of football get better in America and and overall yeah. everywhere. Yeah, so sure. um, yeah, we we're, we're here to help. Any questions? Any comments? Just make sure to leave them in the post, and just have it you know and let us know. We'll try to get into our next show. Um, I know we left off last uh, episode with um, uh just this is a little quirk from uh, from lucas uh what what was what was your first boot uh that that you ever is your first real soccer boot that you ever had
1: bro for me these are so fun memories to think back on because it's like we help as coaches we help players make these memories all the time like when they turn the corner from go from like recreational or just like playing for fun with their friends to like competing like everything matters like their jerseys mm. they're you know you know just making sure they eat better and take care of their gear and their equipment so i remember you know like turning that corner and going in like 14 years old and there was the 1998 uh, adidas predator accelerators mm. um mm. we we got at the i mean we were at like one of those discount like a local version of like a tj max type of thing mm. and the soft ground pair was a half size bigger than what i was actually meant to be wearing at the time and they were like fifteen bucks, and they were normally like one fifty or one sixty at the time. Dude,
0: you got lucky. I saw yeah, those, man. and I was like, "Oh my gosh, of mom, we have those!" And she's of course.
1: like, she's like we, "We'll go have these on them." And I'm like, "Mom, like, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll like, I'll give you the money." And like, I see them now, and they're like making remakes of them, and they're like is yeah. making remakes, and like, yeah. so for me, it's just part of that part of the game. Like, the more you get into them, like, the more nuanced stuff every yeah. detail matters and so that's a fun memory to think back on and you know like f- sneakers and all that like there's a big big culture around yeah. the the game um, but those are classics oh, those, yeah. those, I, I remember
0: it was too. those too those are super comfortable <laughs>
1: comfortable they were they were thin they were lightweight they were strong they were durable yeah and Adidas got those ones right and yeah. oh, no wonder they're making remakes 25 years later
0: yeah, but they did get heavy in the rain.
1: Of course, they all did back they, then. They all did. That's true, that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah.
0: Felipe, what was, your, what was your first?
2: Oh man, I, I, it's not the first one. I know at the beginning, you know, like what Lucas was saying, you know, you got that transition from, you know, wreck to travel or if you're, you know, if you're serious about it or not. But mm-hmm. uh, man, I remember I was probably like 12. I was going to Colombia a lot every summer to go play. And with my grandpa, he would take me to go. And I think he went to go watch me play one time, and he actually stayed. And I guess for his standards, I performed well. So I got these. Uh, <laughs> these to me, they were fire. These are the kids that Diadoras, black solid Diodora's. yeah, full yeah. kangaroo leather yeah. with a brush yeah. and everything. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So many, so many come great the bags. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes, I yeah. love those. That's Remember those I, back
0: in. Everybody yeah. had the bags: Nike, Adidas, Theodore. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. It came with the, with the
2: bag kit and the brush. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. things clean. And I love black. I love solid black. So everything was black. Yeah, so yeah. I love those. Those are my favorite cleats. I see, that, I, bought, I, don't, I don't even know what my grandpa spent money on those, but after that, I never spent that much money on cleats. <laughs> those nice.
0: Well, wait. Yeah. Well, the, the my first real cleats that I ever had, I bought myself with my first job. Uh, I was washing dishes d- during uh, high school. Um that was so good. And uh, I bought Copas. Oh, so classic! Those were the first shoes yeah. I had. They lasted me three years. I love years. wearing those. And my dad was a stickler because he was like, back in the days, we didn't have shoes. and da, 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 you know. So then he's like, yeah. listen, that's when you had to clean them down. Then you had to get the shoe polish. And then you had to moisturize it with the Vaseline yeah, yeah, so that the strand, so the strands that, would just
2: stay stick. That's that kangaroo the, leather. Like, yeah, exactly,
0: or, dude. Uh, they lasted ever. They lasted forever. And and those, I'll never forget those. Yeah. I went through a couple. I had like practice cleats and all stuff because I was working, so I could I could pay for myself. I had the um, I, I had also the uh, the Lottos. My dad when oh, I went the to lotos. Oh yes, the, the stadium, the green yeah. one, the oh, green yeah. one. So oh, wow. That, yeah. So I dude. Had, I had those in studs. I'm
2: telling you, when I those school, Italian yeah. cleats back then were, because also you guys remember Pirelli's, Pirelli's, which is yeah. also a tie. Yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah. started coming out with like soccer and they had some cool cleats. The yeah. other ones that like those Italian cleats were like a big hit in Colombia for me when I was younger. Yeah. Those that, yeah, for sure. The Adoras, Pirelli's. That kangaroo leather, man. That, yeah. You can't go wrong. That with that. I still have kangaroo. Dude, Everything I get now is still is kangaroo. Nice.
1: I love it. Always. Yeah. That's such a such a trait of um, like true soccer guys, like snurting <laughs> out about like
2: old school yeah. boots. There is yeah, also man. these Brazilian brand com- that was called Maracanãs. they They're they were okay. pretty expensive over there, but yeah, they were the same thing. Kangaroo leather came mm-hmm. with a bag kit.
0: Yeah, man, and brush. It, I I in college I I transferred over to Nikes. Um, I, I have to say I love those shoes so much. It was the ones I forget. The, I think they were the total nineties, but the Edgar Divers one in all orange. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, because they they were, just because they
2: were just because they're wide, wide foot. I would. Yeah, I, like I them. love yeah. those. After that, then they all touch. came.
0: They were crap after that. They were, no, they...
2: my favorite ones, like you know, remember Ronaldinho came out with those white ones. Oh, that's true. Right that's and true. gold ones, but I didn't yeah. like that color. But they, they were yeah. that style those, those was leg- awesome. Yeah, those legends yeah. The, were good where the the, with the Predators. The strap that goes yeah. under your cleats to keep the the flap down. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Those are yeah. cool too. Those are yeah. Cool too. Wow, wow, man. Yeah, wow. Just trip down and, memory lane. Yeah, exactly. You start yeah, thinking love, about the things. Oh, yo, man. we used to get the, get the East Bay magazines to go look at cleats. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's when Soccer dot com just came out. Oh, I oh, that's oh when it soccer, just yeah. came out. Soccer.com. Yeah. That's yeah. when they yeah, just it came going. out. Hey, Yuki, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um. There's a lot of stuff happening lately, guys, and and uh, I think the most notable for uh, like right now, the, have you? Did you guys see what happened with the women's national team and and the you know the verdict that came down? It, it just came out this morning.
2: Uh, no, actually,
0: no, definitely they did. They didn't get it. <laughs> they didn't get it. So um, I, I think the that only- this, man, yeah, the only thing that they um, could really argue or try to get some type of compensation for was travel and all this other stuff. But the verdict handed down was against, it was against them. Uh, It's kind of sour. Uh, (laughs) It was all over Yahoo news and everywhere this morning. So um, where does that take, uh, where does that take the girls game now? You know, they fought so hard for that equal pay and all other stuff, but where's that really going to take the girls game now? Um, I I know down here, you know, they they just started uh, with the girls development Academy uh, in response to not really having something in place right now, but what do you guys think that's going to take the women's game now, knowing that they're still not going to get the equal pay that they deserve?
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a little bit hard to predict. I think one of the things that's crazy is how how many opportunities there are for women's college. I think we met, referenced it in a prior chat. Um, just because of title nine. And as long as American football gets money, women's sports will get money as well. So it's, there's still a carrot there for to develop high level women's players in terms of, you know, clubs and and players looking at like, Hey, I could get scholarship to play in college. I can get access to a better university. Um, I do think the one silver lining in all this is the endorsements for the women's game are okay they're not mm-hmm. you know they're not phenomenal but you know the top the top players you know do get some of that endorsement stuff from the big dogs like Gatorade and Nike mm-hmm. and things like that um i wouldn't be surprised if it gets revisited you know four five six years especially if they continue to excel like the way it seems like they are they're yeah. just you know a powerhouse so i think every time they they win every time they bring more Publicity to the women's side of the game. Every time they bring more conversation, they're just going to push it to come back up again and to keep fighting that good fight. Uh-huh. Um, but that's my best guess. I'll be honest; I'm not yeah. an expert on the women's side. Yeah,
2: Felipe, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, man, it's difficult. They they have they have such a good structure with the with the women's league, right? They have a, that's where they get mostly all their players from for their player pool. They yeah. really use that that league for their player pool. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. What if they just break off? You think they'll be able to do that? Just be like, all right, uh, we're just gonna. But I, I, think they, was, they, I think they have so much exposure. They're the winning. They're the winning side of our national team. You saying yeah. just break away from the federation and do their own thing? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? If, if well, that's up to the players. You know, there's, I'm sure they have a player union that would have to decide all that. But um, yeah, I don't know how that works. it's. Yeah, I don't know how uh, that would work. It would be yeah. difficult. You know, that would, that would be interesting if they, if they would be thinking about that because it's frustrating. They're, yeah. It's just, we, yeah watched, they, we watched the women's team in the World Cup final more than the guys going into the World Cup. It's crazy.
0: But how, I don't know what the numbers are worldwide, yeah, but, wouldn't, but wouldn't you expect uh, wouldn't you see it as the women's national team? Aren't they pretty much at the top still with getting paid internationally? aren't they competitive with that or, not, that? or, or are they, are I'm they too, lower? You're not too sure about that?
2: I'm not too no. sure. Where the,
1: where yeah. We'd have to fans? do some research. research I, on that I, I do, I do think one of the, the dynamics that's interesting is if this is going to affect the domestic league, because the U S domestic league has been at the top. We've attracted good Swedish players, Japanese players, different things like that. But mm-hmm. to be honest, a lot of the big clubs, like, you know, I'm a Juve fan. Juve women's is very good. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, a, and a lot of the Italian women, Italian clubs are putting into it. PSG right. women's are strong. That's right. Man City yeah. women's, Liverpool women's. And that's so new. Of- that's new now. And that's recent. That's all that new, They, started, yeah. to sh- they yeah. started to show the games on TV. I've
2: yeah. actually seen a few. Look, 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 at, look at the yeah. Dutch national team. Look at the wow, De- yeah. Wow, the, yeah.
0: The, in Holland, they – Ix has one. PSG they, has one. All the big clubs have yeah, one. Fame has one. Go-
2: there goes your break-off. They're just going to destroy that league and leave and be like, you know what? If you guys are making mm-hmm. money here from this women's league and not giving us any, we're just all going to... Nobody yeah. go there. Everybody just go to Europe because it's yeah. true. All these yeah. clubs... Chelsea has now a women's club. Man City has a women's yeah. club. Liverpool yeah. has a women's club now. Even and in,
0: they're all very competitive. Very, very it, competitive.
2: Even in South America, it's a big thing right now that every club has a women's club now. There is a women's... Uh, Um, league in Colombia, you know officially now you know it's not as big of course but there's a a official league and that's that's probably a year old or two years old if anything so
0: yeah okay
2: that goes to break off right there they're probably break off and leave and be like no we're just gonna not nobody's gonna come to this league because they're not gonna pay us they're gonna pay us over there in europe
0: but realistically that's the only thing that'll make things change is yeah. if you start taking the money away from what's going on and wait, just not wait, going to come their revenue, they're going to, they're going to have to second guess everything and, and, and re reevaluate what they're going to do and how they're going to move forward. Because, you know, you're taking money out of people's pockets. That's when people get pissed. <laughs> really, yeah. Realistic. Yeah. And, yeah. and
1: ultimately it's the right thing to do. You want, you want the women's game to grow. You want the, there to be an Avenue for, for the girls to look up the players and to grow in the game that way. I mean, I grew up with three sisters. You know, it's like tr- dance, track, and soccer. Like they all did different things, but like yeah. it was good for them. And I have a daughter, and I want you know I want to see an opportunity for for her. You know, the same way Felipe, I know you do. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just one for of those sure, yeah. those things that in the long run, you got you we gotta continue to progress. We gotta support it. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of history there that you know you hear bits and pieces surface every once in a while, but. Um, unfortunately, I'm not an expert yeah. on it. You just you just wish well. And you want to do sort of your part to support it along the journey. Hundred percent, hundred
0: percent, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, man, soccer's soccer. You know, I, I I coach my girls' team as uh, as soccer players. The boys' team the same way. So, they're soccer players. There's no, I don't see anything else on the field but soccer players.
0: Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of different stuff going on, a lot of changes happening and stuff like that. And and I think the biggest change for everybody, you know, due to the coronavirus has been the inability to play. Um, but uh, this recent week, uh, everybody's re- opening up again. Um, uh, I see there's more people outside running, more people going to the parks now because they just opened up here in Florida. Um, w- what do you guys think about this happening now? And how do you think this is really going to affect us moving forward?
1: Flip, anyone go first. So
2: from working in the medical field, I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but I, you know, I talk to them, you know, I am in contact with them and they're just, we all the news. We, we don't know anything. We don't know anything about this virus. You know, nobody has any information They're They're, assuming things about this virus but we're still up in the blank i i think people just need to take stay patient still you know it's it's still a game you know it's our health before anything else you know we can we can always play soccer in a couple of months or in a couple of more weeks do you think people are rushing it right now
0: do you think this, this is the right moment for us to to start stepping outside um and and do you think that, you know, uh, this is the right thing to do? Because I know a lot of, a lot of these coaches and, and teams out here are talking about tryouts um, and uh, uh, yes. that's happening next week oh, after God. these people say oh, May God. 15th is the day that people are really going to – all the governments in, in the world are going to start saying, listen, okay, this is the day that – this is what's going to happen next. But a lot of people are planning for us to be outside and be able to, you know, live life like we used to. Um, well
2: – also, my parents have been asking me, uh uh we have we have paid for tournaments that they're not they're not cancelled, they just are pushed back and they're like, Oh, okay, what safety regulations have they put for our kids? What thing I'm like, to tell you the truth, we don't know because they don't they don't know anything. We don't know anything about this virus. We're they're just assuming, you know, testing it's you know, there's still questions to be answered. So uh I don't know. We don't know. We just have to keep waiting. Hopefully, you know, they. they if you guys notice, FYSA did send out a survey. If people, like we might did that. Uh, check your emails, tell the parents to check their emails. If, you're, if your child's at FYSA, fill out that survey. I told my parents, look for this email. I sent them a screenshot of it or of the email. Look for it. Fill it out because they want to know your opinion. What's your concerns on uh, what's what are you more uh, worried about? Uh, what rules should we shake hands yeah. before yep. and after the game? Yep. Should we have yep. a coin toss that close? Um, should the ball be sanitized before we even play? Uh, no spinning on the field. Which um, was a
1: crazy. Part of that survey is there was like eight options. It was like pick the top three. Top three. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like I didn't pick the all field? of them. Yeah, it's all equally important to me. Spitting on the field and and sanitizing the ball. ball. Yeah, uh, why are you making me pick one? <laughs> like yeah, it was... uh, yeah, <laughs> <it's range. laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. I was like I would have yeah. picked all of them. There's a lot of those. There were they were all good concerns.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, should the parents be uh, separated? You know, should the parents not be?
0: I think that should be a definite. So you be... know, for right now, just, just distance social distance the parents
2: also. It was also yeah. concerned about the parents. Like, should the parents social distance?
1: You know, no sharing water, no snacks
2: brought, you know, no shaking hands.
1: I mean, everything that I've sort of read and followed and from from the NCAA side we've gotten communication, like, it's going to come in phases, you know. So I think the the reaction to those phases might – my best guess is we're going to have people on one extreme that's like super conservative, very low risk. They might have a, a family member at home that's older. They might have, yeah. you know, health situations. So you have to empathize with that. And you have others that are like eager to just go and like, hey, I feel healthy. I feel strong. I've, you know, I got a good immune system. Like, let's just get to it. And I'm sure you'll have people everywhere in between. Um, I do think, you know, everything is pointing towards when we get back in terms of a team environment it's going to feel like small group training, you know, you're going to have groups of 10 or less, you're going to have them spread out. So a lot of individual ball work, a lot of technical work, you know, I think that's the sort of the first phase. Um, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as there's not a, a resurgence or as long as the numbers keep, you know, declining, then, you know, what's it going to be a month, six weeks.
2: Yeah. I have a, I have a lot of parents that are concerned and I am too, man. Um, Especially since I work in the medical field, and so does my wife. I don't yeah. oh. uh I, 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 may, I, I might be asymptomatic, but, you know, I can transfer to somebody. I don't know. Somebody to do else. Exactly. I know. Yeah, God. God forbid I do that. Like, I, don't, I haven't seen my parents, you know. My parents are older. I haven't seen my aunts. They're older. I try to stay in a small circle of us just only see each other. Nobody goes out of that circle. So, you know, so nothing what spreads
1: felipe you or either you rob might know as well like what do you guys think about like the synthetic turf i feel like every time i'm on the synthetic turf and it rains i get sick like it's just isn't it not just a cesspool of like germs like people are sweating and spitting and running and it's just you don't you don't clean that is this like i don't feel the same way about natural grass i'm out there you know yeah. every every day with the college guys and because we're on natural grass like is this you guys
2: are on natural grass I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, I've seen a Western that they, they spray that grass down, that turf grass down constantly, you know. They, has, has a they, should, be,
0: they should be spraying it down because it's going to hold stuff because it's all synthetic. Because underneath it, it's uh, stone then and sand, then rubber, then the mat, then a little bit more rubber. And then it's <laughs> supposed to train out. No, but that, that, that's, the, that's the makeup of it. So everything there is synthetic anyway. So if you don't have a good irrigation system, like a lot of these uh, yeah. turf fields have, you're, you're going to keep a lot of that that nasty stuff that's there, yeah. you know. And it should be getting cleaned or sprayed down for you know on a regular basis. Yeah, I, th- um, I
2: think they do do that in 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 Western because it's happened between our our seed license where we oh, on the yeah. field and and the, and the sprinklers come on in the middle of a session. So <laughs> yeah, it turned on.
0: Um, I I know I know in Europe. They've already started getting back to doing training sessions. Um, I was reading uh, recently. Uh, you know me, I follow everything that's happening. Yeah, no, that's cool. yeah. But um, they, this week coming up, they're going back to regular trainings. But uh, the KVB put in place that uh, there's supposed to be a certain amount of distance between players and the coaches. Uh, you can't be there 10 minutes beforehand. Um, uh, more than 10 minutes beforehand. Uh, you're, you're in, in Europe, you take showers after games immediately. They say, no, just go straight home. Um, parents aren't allowed to stay on the sidelines for now and for the time being. Um, so do you think these type of rules and regulations should be put in place here as well? Because for the time being, in the beginning, for us to start going? But I know that in Europe, in certain, in certain countries, they're way ahead of the curve uh, with, with regards to... Um, you know, cases and their daily numbers are going down every day, and we're still at that top part of the, the the chart. So, do you think that we should start doing that right now, and then really promoting that our kids start getting outside a little bit more, or should we just say listen, continue to do what we're doing? In most cases, it's working. You see, a lot of a lot of people are participating via Zoom or uh, Microsoft Teams or doing this tele you know tel- tele training. I like to call it. Well, core, core train if we put it in the uh, lucas's turn yeah core but uh, um but it's it is kind of working it's it's a new it's a new medium but it is kind of working and you do see a lot of kids that are very much involved why not prolong that a little bit more or incorporate maybe a session of just ball work where you can separate kids off and do it you know st- stage it or stack it throughout the week where Maybe you have five or six kids here for one training and then your second training and the next thing, but you have a one day of some type of, you know, core training. What do you guys think about that? along along those lines, do you think that would be the best way to move forward?
1: Um, I mean, something like that makes sense to me. I'm in favor of anything we can do right now to reduce risk. It's not, you know, it's, it's not easy for us to compare ourselves to other countries. Like, you know, mm-hmm. one thing we're we're so spread out, but like, you know, in South Florida, we're very densely populated, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, you know, right up the coast, Palm beach, you know, where in the Midwest, you know, Cleveland is three hours from Columbus is three hours from, you know, Cincinnati. So it's just one of those things that I've, you know, it's gotta be a little bit more state by state or, you know, even have a local voice, but, you know, in terms of something for a team, if we could, if I knew, like, I got 20 kids on my team, I can have 10 of them come on Monday and then I do the same session with the the other 10 on Wednesday. And then I do a session or two online. You know, at least there's a transition phase there. And, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. not a bad idea of what you're saying, Rob, where there's something where, you know, it just starts easing them back in, getting them. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, when we get back to it, it's going to be like a preseason. Like we're going to have to start all over again. Yeah. Pretty no, much. Yeah, from I, agree.
0: From I agree. Ground zero. I agree. But I, I also think that, um, it's like I said before, it's really you're gonna really see who put in the individual work at the now, end, yeah. yeah. At now, once the season starts, because they're gonna be here, they're I gonna understand. be so much further than everybody else because they have their basics down, because they did all their footwork, because they did their juggling. Felipe, I gotta get a hand – hey, clap it up for Felipe, man, because his girls, I've been oh, seeing videos girls. of your girls. My god, dude, those yeah, girls man. are just. Those girls are gonna be awesome right now. Yeah, bro.
2: man. Those girls are dedicated, man. Shout out to the 2007 girls. Yeah, man. They're, 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 really, they're dedicated. Those girls are dedicated right now. Well, those girls are really are, putting in work, man. The, it's a the core of girl, group of girls.
0: Yeah. I'm glad. Awesome I'm glad.
2: Hope we can keep that core together for sure. That whole team. That would be wonderful. So but, with I, that
0: being with that being said, though, like you see the work ethic in those girls. So then now, we're, now we're moving into the to 10 traits of, of what's going on. For sure. You know? That, that's just that's that's awesome to see that these girls are just without somebody really being on them every single day. Come on, come on. You got to do this. You got to do this. They're out there working, you know? So uh, if you guys don't mind, I want to just jump right into the 10 traits because I yeah, think so what your girls re- are showing. Recap,
1: recap all, all 10 of them, Rob. I can give the context a little bit if someone not listened to the last ep- episode. Um,
0: okay. Let me just pull it up real quick. Give me one second. So the first 10... So let me recap. So number 10 uh, going from 10 to to 1. Uh number 10 is soccer IQ. Number 9 is uh, team before self. Number 8 is accept roles. Uh number 7 is uh, mental toughness. Uh number 6 is coachability. Number 5 is character. Number 4 is technical ball mastery. Uh number 3 is self drive. Number 2 is competitiveness and number 1 is work ethic. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, and this was based on a survey that a college coach did amongst over 200 college and pro coaches and managers and reported back he gave them 25, 26 options and and a write-in option, and this is what they ranked as the top 10 most important traits for a player to develop to get to the next level. So, yeah, I think what you were saying, you know, Rob, what we see in Felipe's group is like hitting on that one, two, three, and even a little bit of that mental toughness number seven.
0: Yeah. So, so, so let's talk about mental toughness. Because I think right now, if, um, if we really have to get into what you need right now in order to succeed is that mental toughness. So that, that ability to take this situation and be able to fight through it and really stay on track and on point with what you, you want to do as a player and not let these outside influences take you off that path. Um, yeah, build on that, Lucas.
1: Well, one of, my, one of the questions I asked myself when I heard this webinar was, how do you develop fill in the blank? And so for me as a coach, as a parent listening, as a player, th- their thoughts should be, or my challenge to them would be, how do you develop mental toughness? And unfortunately, some of these is like, the best way to develop mental toughness is to go through tough stuff like you know you you have to and i think the the phrase that i threw out there last episode was transition you have to understand that you got to be challenged and embrace challenges and that when you go through that you get that bit of experience you get that bit of understanding you learn a little bit about yourself and you understand okay i i can handle this and that situation that team that opponent that coach challenged me and i i went to this and now i've gotten a higher capacity to handle you know physical challenge mental challenge emotional challenge so um you know if is there a formula to develop your mental toughness probably not but one of the biggest things i would say is that you have to have a mindset to embrace challenges transitions changes and you build that capacity.
0: And th- I think that's what's missing in our kids today is that mental toughness. Uh, what, do you th- what do you think, Felipe?
2: Yeah, um, uh, I, what I tell my girls a lot, this mental toughness has to come through failures. You know, um, you have to learn how to fail first and you're, that's how you get mentally strong. You gotta learn those situations. You have to learn how to survive those situations. Right now, we're in a tough situation, and guess what? I tell my girls, everybody's in this situation. Mm-hmm.
0: From mm-hmm.
2: a little wreck kid to the multi-million dollar player, you know, Ronaldo mm-hmm. or Ronaldo, whatever. Uh, they're at home by themselves. What, what's going to tell us the truth, like you said, is the game. If he comes back and he's going down, we knew what mm-hmm. he did during these times off. If he's... Yeah. Uh, still up there? Well, we already know what he does, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that mental toughness comes from just failing. They need to upset that, those failures. Are, um, take advantage. Learn from them. All right? Um, they've been doing that well. I, I, and it, it prepares them. It prepares them for the future.
0: It actually feeds into the drive. Because if, if you're failing all the time, or you're failing a lot, you're learning a lot. That's how I see it. Every failure, there's something that you can learn from, take away from. Yeah and build on top of. And then once you overcome that failure, that feeds more into your drive as to what you wanna do. Um, I think drive is is one of the most important things that that any person can have. It doesn't matter if it's soccer or anything. If you're driven to do something and you're willing to put in that work and you're willing to go in every single day and put in that regimen and say, I want to make this. I want to go here. I want to go to college. I want to, I want to try to get a tryout at into, into, uh, into Miami. I want to have the ability to get seen. I want to play from a high school team. I want to make the Academy team. You got to have a goal and set that and, and make sure that your drive is pushing you every single day in, in, in that direction. Um, that drive, how do you guys see that now in, in the youth in, in American soccer right now? is it still there? Is that, is that drive when we were younger? Do you see that a lot more in kids or do you see that less in kids now?
1: I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I could stereotype the whole generation because I certainly think there's, you know, both, you see very, very driven kids. I think we see it even within our own club, you know, kids Mm -hmm. that are like they're early juggling, you know, playing one V ones and then they're, they're late you know, waiting for their parents to pick them up and they're not playing the grass, you know, joke around. They're like on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, for me, it's, it's interesting because drive is like, I think it is very internal, but I also think like it can be developed. And I think like everything you just mentioned, Rob, made me think of like someone having a goal, college soccer, pro soccer, making the A team, making the, you know, guest player somewhere. Like when you have a goal, you, your drive increases, but For me, the turning point is when a player realizes the sacrifice needed to reach that goal. Everyone says, I want to be a pro soccer player. Everyone, like I talk with hundreds of kids a year that say I want to play. They love the idea of playing college soccer, but they don't realize how hard it is to play college soccer. The sacrifice that's required physically, mentally, time. I mean, guys having to choose to not do things, you know, Mm -hmm. fill in the blank relationships parties you know fun money blah blah, blah for mm-hmm. the game and so for me self-drive comes from one having a goal but then two realizing through stories through examples through coaches that it paint the picture of the sacrifice necessary the the work necessary and that and then all of a sudden it's not about you know uh, a trophy or an external thing it's about this internal thing of like I want to be excellent. I want to be the best version of myself. I want to improve constantly. Like Because then what happens when you make the team? What happens when you make the college? Then you've met your goal and you just chill. Like yeah. You can't. So uh, that's sort of my initial reaction in terms of you see it in players. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. Um, but it does come down to having a goal and, and seeing a path to go get it.
0: Yeah.
2: Felipe, what do you think? Uh, how do you, how do you how do you see drive?
1: Uh, man,
2: I feel like <clears throat> these kids in these these times, you know that that drive has to come from within. Um, uh, you know, back in the day, or we see the players that are, you know, they're they're from the slums, from the Brazilian players, they're from favelas, they come from a very low poverty area. Same thing in Europe, South America. Here, a lot of the kids already have. You know the opportunities are presented to them their parents their parents made that sacrifice to give them you know the best or something that they didn't have themselves so I feel like somebody's you you know, can't generalize like again for everybody, but you know if you, you feel comfortable, you know my parents got me, or you know I can always fall back on them if I need to but that that drive has to come within something else has to cha- to channel that drive here in these kids and our, especially for U S soccer to, to take it to the next level. It can not just be, okay, we have the opportunity to go to college. I don't have to get us. Uh, I don't have to get a, us uh, a soccer scholarship. I can get a, a you know, a, a, uh, an educational scholarship, you know, yeah. major in yeah. something else. Oh, okay. If I don't make it in soccer, I can still go this. Some other countries, they don't have a fallback, you know, there's, yeah. no, there's no safety net at the bottom of this it's yeah. soccer or nothing here yeah. okay uh you know i feel like I, I feel like that's what that's what u.s soccer has gone to you know at one point you know i feel like some of the i you know i don't want to speak for the professional players but you know they internally they feel like they're all right there's a safety net i can do this after, but i think you know but I what, I, what i
0: do what i do think like like have you seen the the um uh the last dance the new series on ESPN. with I was, uh, Michael. I was hoping yeah.
1: we would bring that up. Yeah. I just watched I the first episode.
0: I watched all four. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. And it goes into, um, I don't want to ruin it for you, Lucas, but it, it goes into how Michael Jordan was and how his teammates were in order to accomplish their goals and how focused they were and how competitive Michael Jordan really is Um, It also, you know, kind of brought to the forefront for me that the reason why he was so good were two things. He was ultra competitive and he knew how the game worked. So his basics and all that stuff were, were amazing, which allowed him to, you know, do the other things that we thought were magnificent and so futuristic in his game. But his basics were so sharp that it was beyond everybody else's level at the time. And then even when he wasn't at level, he made sure that he got to that level where he wanted to be. Um, I think, I think competitiveness is super important. I've had so many talks this year with my team about being competitive, especially when you're playing at a higher level and you're saying that you want to do these things. There is, and I'm going to say this for everybody listening, if you have a child or you are a player right now, there is a kid somewhere in the world working twice as hard as you for the same exact spot where you want to be. So you need to work twice as hard as him or her. You should never think in, 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 in aspects of where I live. I'm the best player here. That means absolutely nothing in the scheme of things. 100% nothing. And I think, Lucas, you can attest to this too with, with, with the recruits that are coming in and Felipe, you, you know, in Colombia and all this other stuff and seeing and seeing how the professional game works. It's, you're not competing against the kid down the block. You're competing against the kid in Brazil, Holland, England, Japan, Russia, Australia. Those There's somebody out there right now that's the same exact age as you... When my age, the, the guy in my the same exact age as me about a month apart, Ronaldinho. That, that's the pinnacle of my, of, of my age group was Ronaldinho. Now think about every age group that you have, you know what I mean? Look, 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 you got Messi, you got Ronaldo. Ronaldo just outworked it to get to where he is. He had talent, but he outworked everybody else. He could have fell off, but that's what it takes. You need to be that ultra-competitive focus, have that mental toughness and drive to accomplish your goals and keep moving forward, but never, ever think that what you're doing now is enough. So, you know, I I,
1: agree. hundred percent agree. My, my prompt for us to, to touch on now would be how do you develop that in a youngster? How do you develop that in a, you know, 10 year old, 12 year old, 16 year old, you know, is there a point where if it's not there, you're not really going to make someone more competitive at a certain age,
0: but how do you develop competitiveness
1: yeah
0: then I would say that too that how do you develop competitiveness in 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 michael jordan's case, he had two brothers, and actually his his other brother was better than he was, and they would fight that's that's how competitive they were if, if you I think Jordan said in, in the doc, in the documentary he's like when you're willing to throw hands. <laughs> With somebody that you love to death and that's your family member because you're so competitive in, in the sport that you love. is it, that's, that's where it's at. That's when you, that's when you know you, you want to do this thing.
1: I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I mean, it's exactly what you're talking about. You, ha- you have to have someone who's willing to push you in the right spirit of love, of improvement. My father was very competitive. He would never let me win at anything. I mean, we're talking from like we would write 50 yard dashes in the backyard to like table tennis. We'd go to mini golf. And I remember like, it was such a big deal when I finally beat him the first time, because I knew I'd actually beaten him. And it was a bar for me that like, I remember being like 14 and beating him in like mini golf for the first time and like running a circle around the parking lot, like because (laughs) it had been seven years of like, since I could go and play with him that he would beat me. Yeah. he i'm I'm using as an example he was fostering in me okay there was there's a feeling that okay yeah we're gonna gonna compete we're gonna battle i'm gonna give my best you're gonna give your best i'm not gonna take it easy on you and then when you do it you're gonna have the reward come from inside that's beyond any sticker or trophy or badge or you know whatever because you did it like yeah and that's what jordan's brothers offered him and you know just share
2: that i I feel i feel like it goes back, yeah, same thing. My, I, I, it's through my mom took in my cousins, a girl and a and a boy, and so it was three boys and a girl living in the house with my mom. And you know, my mom was a single parent, so it was three boys. We, me and my cousin are around the same age, we're a year apart. My little brother's six years younger. I feel like he's the one that's probably improved so much better in tactical sports because we did not let him do anything to basketball <laughs> get out of here ah yeah <laughs> no matter what age you were we didn't care yeah. we didn't let him win at anything so I feel like his his competitive drive did come from like when he when he would get with kids his, his age Scott was a the limit there he would be like nah so my my older brothers kick me trip me you know and yeah. as soon as he's now hitting my little brother man he's taller than me now you know he goes i he's I've gone to basketball, played basketball with my friends, and he comes and swats me, and I'm like, damn. Yeah, that's, his, that's his joy, <laughs> yeah. Back. I Pay swatted back. my big brother, yeah. 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 But that's yeah. that competitive drive, and then guess what? I'm going back down the court, and I'm like, I'm going to hock him down. I don't yeah. care who he is, but that's, that. That, that, that's, that's what, yeah, we, we try to create that. I try to establish that within my team, you know, with each other, you know, push each other to be the best, being competitive. We did that in high school. I try to I try to go against the best dribbler. I was an offender. I was like, Nah, man, prankers? Oh, dude, you're gonna meg me or I'm gonna nail you. Whatever, you know. Let's go. If, I, if you would go against the best, you know. You...
0: So that so so you're saying then a a a good way to develop competitiveness is by you helping out a teammate. Yeah. Forcing forcing your teammate to um. To perform at a higher level by not allowing them, by not allowing them to to get away with the easy stuff that they usually get away with.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I tell, I, I try to tell them, explain to them the the person on the other side. Are they really gonna let you? Is that girl or boy, that you know, uh, competitor opponent, is gonna let you really go by? No, in the game. So, you know, get your teammate yeah. used to not letting get by easily. They got to work for it, you know? So yeah, that yeah. that's already instilled in them right there. All right, practice. And guess what? You're going to be the best defender there. And guess what? They're going to be the best attacker there. If they get around you because you're defending them like crazy, they're, they're just going to be so much better. And guess what? When that best attacker comes to you, you know that you're going to be the best defender there is right now because you're going to be able to stop them. You know? I,
0: I remember I – remember, is this a little side story because you brought that up um, – when I was in college, uh, I I played uh, I played against this guy. He, he played for the Kenyan national team. Uh, they had me at center back. I was, was going to be uh, the next. I was the next tier for the center backs. Um, so I was playing against him, and we we were going into the playoffs. I don't remember what year it was first, second year, but we were going into the playoffs, and I was able to. To get him every single time, I, I, I knew exactly how he was going to run. So I would grab him a little bit and try to get around him. I was playing tough. I wanted, you know, I wanted, I wanted to make sure he didn't have an opportunity. And then um, I'll never forget this. He got pissed off and he's like, Rob, he's like, stop doing that. I was like, yeah, but if I don't do it, then somebody else is not going to, you know, then they're going to do it to you in a game and then you're not going to be able to get around it. So then um, the next play right after that, he goes out, he chops me dead in my throat. I couldn't even breathe. I was like, <laughs> like that. And then he's like, I told you to stop. And then I look over at my coach. He's like, Rob, you did the right thing. He's like, because he needs stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it was him getting pissed off at me now at that moment. But it helped out. And my coach was like, yeah, you did the right thing. You know what I mean? At, in that moment. Uh, I was pissed because I got chopped in the throat. So, you know, I was out for a <laughs> bit. But it, it was just, you know, me fighting hard, just trying to make sure that he, did, he felt it. Because I knew that you know the, what the the opponent was going to be like against him in the next game, you know what I mean. So uh, yeah, it's it's
2: me not giving him the edge. It's hard as a coach to. Well, I feel like I I have trouble like man, how I, I spend time like all right, how am I going to make this, you know, more competitive, more competitive. How can I reward them? How can I show them uh, that? they need this for each other, that they need to go hard. It shouldn't be easy. You shouldn't just get out of the way, you know, oh, okay. I don't want to tap. Obviously, you don't want to – you're not going to tackle your teammate. You know, you don't want to. You want to give them a – you know, you want to give them a little bump, you know, and make them feel it. You're not going to go into injury or anything like that. Yeah, of course not. not. I don't don't expect you to do that in the game either. But, you know, you got to let them feel that this is what you're going to get in the games, especially with the other person that doesn't even know you, so they don't really care. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, it, but as a coach, it's tough to. I feel like I'm have. It's been tough to try to a, or try to bring different things, and not make it seem so repetitive all the time to, to get that competitive
1: out of them. Yeah, over, I think over the season. What you guys, what you're saying with both of your examples and, and your coaches' responses, I think that's so important. I think it's one of the biggest things that's missing in in the broad picture of U.S. soccer culture is a competitive training environment. And the fact that you're even aware of it, Felipe, the fact that you're, that you're even thinking about it is, is the, the fact that it's improving. Like I have a saying I told my guys, mm-hmm. like, yo, if, if you show up and you have 10 hardworking players that are going to get after it, it's better than any one coach. Pep Guardiola can co- show up at a training session. All of his knowledge, all of his information but if, if you look around and every guy next to you is going to battle and fight and grind, and like you're saying, not playing dirty, but yeah. going into the session saying, I'm, I'm going to battle, you don't need Pep there. You, just, yeah. you, know, you guys can just go out and, and train and play. Um, you know, there's, and Especially at the college level, the, the, some of the differences are so small. Hanson Dorrance, UNC, 21-plus national championships – he is a master of it. I would share it for any coaches. There's a book he put out called Training um, Soccer Champions. And he has a whole competitive cauldron, he calls it. And it comes down to everything of like he has volunteer staff because his program is so well established that will, in the session, mark every 1v1, every tackle, every 50-50 ball, every pass completion. and And he creates like, okay, you know, if you had pass past completion in your training session of 90 to hundred percent, you're in Rondo a, you know, 90 to 80% Rondo B 80 to 70 Rondo C and it's fluid. And they, I mean, that's just one example from his book, but you know, for me, the culture, the competitiveness, the coach has influence on that. That's like when you show up at training, what you allow and what you don't allow is culture. And that for me is like you determine and you steer what the players can get away with, and what they accept, expect. to. I agree 100%, 1,000% so, with that.
0: I think that, yeah. I think that is so important that, that that's understood, that coaches, you, you mold the environment, you mold the culture of the kids that you're working with. Um, you got to make sure that you provide those environments. It, it is imperative that those environments exist in every single training session and every single player understands that when they come to practice, they're there to get better, they're there to develop and they're there to, to be as competitive as possible. Um,
2: I feel yeah, like that's I, what th- that should be taught in these courses. Like, you know, they try to give us such a, a plan, do it like this. All right, I want this setup, but that they tell us, Oh, I know it's not realistic to you. All right. So teach us something that's realistic to me, you yeah. know, cause I'm constantly thinking, all right, this session, I made this session like this on paper, okay? I know I'm going to have to change it on the field, you know, or if they're kids, they're youth, we, co- we, we coach youth, you know? I, I don't expect, there's eventually one or two guaranteed somebody's going to be sick or somebody has school homework or, or running late, so you got to adapt, all right? So you're sitting there, all right? I'm constantly stuck going, all right, this is too easy. How can I make this quicker or how can I make this so they're not just standing around? All right, I'll make it smaller. OK, no. All right. Oh, less players. OK, no. You know what? Bigger group, smaller fields, smaller area, more players or vice versa. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the that's the task yeah. of a coach. That, that's, you know, that's, they, that's, that's, that's what I feel that they but they don't they don't really work on that with us. You know, so that's what that's the real thing that we need to do is adapt, you know, as as the game goes on. And that's that would help us as a coaches keep that uh, uh, competitive environment at a high level.
0: So understanding how to adapt a training yeah, environment yeah.
2: Or, or a session or even a game situation. Yeah. You know, but, U.S. soccer, yeah. I hope
0: you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, I, yeah.
1: think, I think that's the beauty and the art of the game is like at the same time, you want this fiercely competitive environment. You also want a positive team chemistry where like, if I'm battling with you, like you tackle me and you get up and you help me up. And it's like, yeah, bro, that's what yeah. we do here. Like, you know, we're brothers, we're, we're teammates, we train, we're friends. Like, you know, you're not gonna be best friends with everyone on your team, but when that's what, like the art of coaching. And I think looking when people ask like, what do I look for in a good coach? You can argue X's and O's, you can argue technical mechanics, but if you can find a coach who sets the right environment, the training environment of chemistry, culture, competitiveness, you're going to have a group that really advances well and, and does it beyond the hour and a half that you're with them two or three times a week, you know, because it's going to go beyond the training field and they're going to put in extra time and they're going to talk about things and they're going to argue about tactics and all that. It's going to be developed from the culture you create in your training, in your communication and stuff like that. So I think, you know, these things we're talking about, are so important, and there are a lot of the soft, intangible things. Everyone wants to talk about X's and O's and you yeah, know, yeah. foot skills, but they don't teach it on courses. They don't talk. Yeah. But if you go to the you know DFB, if you go to Holland, you know this stuff is in youth coaching courses. You know, correct? Yep. It's it's in there. It's just not in in American courses. Yeah, I've yeah. seen yeah. them in South American courses. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. So well, well, let, let's end it on that note because I know that we could go so long into these things. Um, Next episode, we're really going to get into uh, some other aspects of the 10 traits. Uh, so I think we're going to get into the character, coachability of a player, the ability to accept, which I think is huge, and um, the team before self. Uh, I, think, I think we need to – I think we should you know, spend a little bit more time on really letting everybody understand that there's, there's so much more to what's going on in a soccer game and, and, and developing players. Than just being than the just goal scorer. The field. Yeah, exactly. Or just, or, just being the weak. goal scorer. Exactly. 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 I
2: was. I was never the goal scorer, but I loved it. I don't care. Yeah. But <laughs> my, I got somebody on the ground. That was my goal. I saved yeah. the goal. That was my goal. Wow. Yeah. I would celebrate those. Yeah. Awesome. And I would be. I would be just as happy for my teammates to put a ball in the net for us.
1: I feel yeah. like uh, one of Felipe's favorite players has to be Puyo. Like, yeah. Right. Barça. Yeah. It has yeah. to be. Like, Love him. The amount of times that guy's clearly... <laughs> Balls off uh, the line uh, and slide tackle uh, and knock uh, ball down. Funny story. Oh, Maldini. Man. Funny story. Uh, <laughs> Maldini. Prior generation. Playing in high school, we
2: played against Nova. They were like, I think that year they won states, man. They were beating us like, uh, it was a competitive game. We were down 2 1. Bro, this kid took a crazy shot. I'm no lie. I did a bicycle kick to take the ball off the line from an <laughs> upper 90 goal. I think somebody – I would wish somebody got that. I, mean, I think they did have it. Somebody said they got that on video, but I wish they would send that to me. That was awesome. That was my <laughs> highlight right there. I didn't care so if, if we any, lost that game 10-0. So, I if did. anybody has that video, send it to Coach uh, Felipe, please. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I, no, that was my – I love Pujol. Yeah, so, listen, I wasn't the fancy player, and I wasn't the super skillful player. So, if I was that kind of player, if I had to be that player to get on the field, that's what I was going to do. That was the only way to get on the field. Yeah. Mm. Dope, dope.
0: So, okay. So, um, we'll end it on that note. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Where, where can everybody find you guys? Uh, Felipe, where can they find you?
2: Oh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, FTS Academy, at FTS Academy. First uh, time Soccer Academy.
1: Yeah, um, Martorana Soccer uh, on Instagram, M A R T O R A N A Soccer.
0: Okay, awesome. And you can find me at uh, P I underscore soccer, underscore Academy on Instagram as well. Or you can check me out on my website, which is www.pieceoffootball.com. And we're all on, uh, uh, dot org. Uh, we yeah. all have different teams, uh, check us out and uh, also check out their, um, their Instagram account. Um, Weston select ETP. They're doing some really good stuff with, uh, with that. And, uh,
2: yeah. AYSO A- six, four, four. And AYSO six, four, four. Um,
0: yeah, so we'll end it on that note, guys. Thank you cool. again for taking the time out, and ripping we'll see.
2: Every- ripping that into Miami <laughs> today. Into Miami, yeah, I, I can't. I can't wait. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, they actually they start training this week, no? Single player training, single player. Yeah, I can't yep. wait. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, stay home so we can do this soon. Stay home. <laughs> stay home. Stay home. All right, guys. Well, all right. Have
0: a good uh, week, and we'll see you guys next weekend. Bye, all all right. see you guys. Thanks, guys. Take it easy,
2: guys. All right.